Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling and unlock your creative potential with a team of story coaches and published professionals helping you achieve your creative goals. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. We have six children here that have been waiting all day long to talk to you. I'm so excited that we get to do this. Thanks for doing something a little different with me this time. No problem. Hey, everybody. Everyone say hi. Hi. <laughs> six third graders with keen eyes for hilarious picture books. Three Star Wars obsessed readers. One super special guest. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 555. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today we're speaking with Adam Rex, author-illustrator of Are You Scared, Darth Vader, which is nominated for our State Book Award. Adam has a new book out called Pluto Gets the Call, which is illustrated by Lori Keller. I've been working with a group of third graders in a special podcasting seminar. Students nominate books for us to consider, and once we select the book, we reach out to the author for an interview, and we begin creating questions based on the books on which the episode will focus. Our students had their fingers crossed about this particular interview, and we all had a really, really great time interviewing Adam. We hope you enjoy. Please welcome our guest, Adam Rex, author-illustrator of Are You Scared, Darth Vader, and author of Pluto Gets the Call, illustrated by Lori Keller. My name is Adam Rex. Um, my pronouns are he and him. And I am an author, illustrator. I have been making kids' books. My first one came out in 2003. I've been doing this for a while now. Um, my, I have several books that are probably a good deal older than the kids that are in the room listening to me right now. And I just love making books for kids. I used to uh, make my living making illustrations for things like Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering. And, and that was fun, too. But what I really wanted to do was make kids books. So um, I finally got my dream job and I've been doing it for more than 15 years. Do we have any D&D fans in the house today? Oh, I see hands up, but hands up don't work well on a podcast. We do have a couple of kids in my in my room that um, are into D&D and their eyes lit up when you said that. So. Oh, yeah. Magic the Gathering. He used. Adam, could you please describe what you did one more time with Magic the Gathering? Yeah, I used to make the illustrations for the cards. So I probably 
over the years, I made something like 130, 150 magic card illustrations, some of which are still being used in the game. I haven't made a new one for more than 10 years, but they keep bringing old ones back into print from time to time. So, so there's probably some card with my name on it you know, in a, a card shop right now. You'll have to check. My One of my students said, that's what my brother has. And she said, he might have all those cards. So I am joined today by six students from my school who are doing a podcasting unit. And uh, they were so excited to have the opportunity to interview you. I'm going to have all of them say hi. And uh, then they've got some questions. So let's go around and you can say hi and whatever. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and what um, grades do we have here? We have third grade here. They're doing a 10-week podcasting seminar with me. So they're learning about how I podcast. They're reading a ton of picture books. And then they choose what books they've connected with that they want to uh, reach out and interview authors and illustrators. So we're so grateful that that you were one of the people that um, not only they were interested in, but said yes. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I'm honored. That is that is really nice. Cool. Okay, so we are going to start with your picture book, Are You Scared, Darth Vader, which you wrote and illustrated. <coughs> and as I mentioned, this is on our Black Eyed Susan list this year for Maryland. So all of our students are reading this picture book. Kids, how did you feel about this book? Call it out. Really good. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> it was weird. Oh. <laughs> kind of didn't really make sense. Oh, it didn't make sense. We're going to get to the parts that didn't make sense because, Adam, my students have so many questions about researching Star Wars that we want to get into with you. Let me first start with this question, though. Uh, Here you go. What made you think about writing this book? What made you think about writing this book? Yeah. Um, I've been, um, there's been probably like a little part of my brain way in the back that has been thinking nonstop about Star Wars since I was four years old. Because Star Wars, um, A New Hope, was the very first movie that I can remember actually ever seeing in a theater. It came out when I was four years old. And I after that, I got all the toys when I was a kid. And and I watched the movies over and over again. And and so Star Wars has just sort of carved out this, this space in my head and is never really going to go away. So I was really lucky that... Um, Somebody at uh, the you know at Star Wars at Lucasfilm Books they they liked a book of mine that I wrote and illustrated called Frankenstein Makes a Sandwich and it's a bunch of poems about monsters and their problems and so they thought of me when they started wondering if it would be a good idea to make kind of a scary Halloween kind of a, a Star Wars book so they. They got in touch and they asked me, do you have any ideas for a sort of a Halloween Star Wars book? And I said, yes, I have lots of ideas, which was a lie. I didn't oh. have any ideas. <laughs> but I told them, let me, I'll, I just need a little bit of time to get my ideas in order. And then I went off and I tried, I, I tried to have some. And finally, I came up with a few different ideas. And, and Are You Scared Darth Vader? was kind of the best of them. I liked the idea of trying to figure out what might scare Darth Vader, who has been scaring me since I was a little kid. We have a question exactly about that. And for listeners who have not read this book yet, we are totally going to spoil this 
in the name of the joy of reading. So next sure. student, here we go. Why make him afraid of kids? We want to you know, know why that... make him afraid of kids because this student pointed out that in uh, the prequel trilogy, uh, he ends up doing something really awful to the Jedi kids. Yeah, he obviously wasn't super intimidated by those Jedi children um, in... Uh, which one was that? Was that uh, um, Attack? Revenge of the Sith. Or... You think Revenge of the one? Sith, right. So to be honest, like in my head, that's kind of the hidden story that he is now haunted by the horrible thing he did to those children. So now he's kind of afraid to be around kids because of that. But it, it of course, doesn't actually say that in the book anywhere. So... Uh, Originally, when I came up with this idea, the thing that Darth Vader was the most afraid of in my first draft of the book was himself. So there was going to be a point where all these kids were coming out dressed up as Star Wars characters and like messing around with him and grabbing his lightsaber and tugging his cape and pressing those buttons that are on his chest plate that nobody knows what they do. And he was going to be annoyed, but, but not scared. And then a little kid was going to come out dressed as Darth Vader and he was going to freak out and he was going to totally lose it and run away because he can't face himself and all the horrible things that he's done. And the, the people at Lucasfilm thought, well, that's fun. But, you know, the, the person reading this book is a kid. So a kid should be the thing that he is afraid of in the end. And I thought, well, that's a good idea. You know, sometimes you have to admit that other people have better ideas than you do. And so that's how the book eventually got shaped into to what you read yourself. Are you a big fan of Star Wars? Yeah, I always have been. And and I, I like the new movies, too. Um, I finally just got Disney Plus, so I'm going to start watching The Mandalorian now. And I <laughs> lots of clapping in the room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if I cared about that show or not, but then I started seeing all the Baby Yoda gifts online and like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Love it. I got to see that now. All right, uh, what materials did you use to make this book or make the illustrations? Yeah, this book was kind of weird. Um, I, I don't know if you can tell by looking at the book, but the backgrounds of the book, all those swampy trees and mist and bushes and that stuff might look like a photograph to you because it is. I actually built a little swamp, a little model swamp that's about uh, three feet tall, maybe two and a half feet tall. I made it out of foam and clay and wire and and twine and and just a bunch of like sand and and garbage that I found around just to give it texture and I I sculpted myself a little swamp and then I took pictures of that swamp and then I did a bunch of drawings of the characters and put the drawings of the characters on top of the photos on my computer nice what is your favorite Star Wars movie or show I guess it's a boring answer, but I guess I have to say A New Hope is my favorite. Um, it wasn't called A New Hope when I saw it. It was just called Star Wars back then. They added the, the rest of the title later. So I think Empire Strikes Back is 
maybe a better movie, but it doesn't really stand by itself. And and so I really just love the first one as a, a total standalone movie. There never had to be another movie after that one. It could have just, you know, kind of lived on its own if it had to. That's true. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the student what his favorite is as well so that you can compare because he's like mouthing it. He's so excited. Yeah, what is it? My second favorite is A New Hope and my first is um, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I, you know, when I was your age, I think Return of the Jedi was one of my favorites. Um, I I went through this this weird journey in my life where when I was a kid, I loved Jedi and I loved the Ewoks. And then as I got a little bit older, I thought, oh, teddy bears on a teddy bear planet. That's dumb. That's baby stuff. And I'm I'm a big kid now, so I don't like that anymore. And then I grew up a little bit more and realized, you know, grownups don't care whether something is baby stuff or not. Grownups just have the courage to like what they like. And now I like those teddy bears again. So I also love Jedi, but there was a time when I didn't. All right, here's a final question about this book. Uh-huh. How come you chose common monsters in, in, to instead of like adding actual Star Wars monsters that Anakin may have fought like in the first three episodes? Yeah, I thought that's a really good question. And I, I think, guess I thought it would be, first of all, originally I was thinking of it as a, a Halloween book. And so I was thinking maybe these these monsters should just be the most like typical, you know, run of the mill Halloween monsters. And, and I also like the idea of a book that somebody could pick up and enjoy, even if they didn't know what that monster is in the background of the cantina scene in a new hope, you know, they don't have to know anything about star Wars to be able to pick up and enjoy the book because everybody knows what, um, a witch is and a, a ghost and a vampire and a wolfman, everybody except Darth Vader, who has to, you know, if I had made the monsters something from his universe, then he would have looked at it and, and said, you know, oh, you know, a a hammerhead. I don't remember what hammerhead's real species name is, but oh, a hammerhead. Oh, yeah, I know what those are. Those are from Tatooine. And he wouldn't have been impressed with that at all. But I like the idea of Darth Vader looking at these monsters and being the only one who doesn't know what they are. He has to keep asking, what is that? Is that a Wookiee? Uh, what does a vampire do? Like, he he knows less than you do, the kid who's reading the book. Let me guess, it bites you. <laughs> there were a lot of really great lines in here that, um, for Star Wars fans, um, nodded a lot to, to quotes from the movies, and my students really delighted at that. And I found Adam having read this book to all of my third and fourth graders that a number of them would quote back the book to me throughout the week in the weeks ahead. So that was a ton of fun. Thanks for giving that gift to all of us as a reader community. Yeah. I love to hear that kind of thing. Thank you. You want to add one more? Go ahead. Uh, Is he actually afraid of kids? Oh, is this canon? Yeah. You know, I don't think I can pretend that it's canon. Um, So you're going to have to ask, them, the people at Lucasfilm, um, whether or not, like my theory that he might be kind of afraid of children now because, you know, I, I think Darth Vader, we love him because he is kind of a complicated villain, right? He he isn't just 
a bad guy, we learn that he still has a human side that Luke can appeal to and turn back to the the light side of the force at the end of Return of the Jedi. And then in the prequels, we learn all about how he grew up and and how he really thought he was doing the right thing and how he got turned to the dark side. So I really think that like my idea is a good one that that uh, Darth Vader would probably be pretty sad and probably have nightmares about some of the things that he's done and that might make him particularly uncomfortable around children but I don't get to make those decisions so you're just going to have to bother somebody at a Star Wars convention sometime and ask them for the truth <laughs> we have a number of students when you said I think my idea is a pretty good one where they were all like yeah it was great <laughs> right. so you have lots of lots of fan support backage over here all right, we're going to move on to Pluto Gets the Call. You have a new picture book out that you wrote and Laurie Keller illustrated about poor Pluto getting the phone call that, that it's no longer classified as a planet anymore, but having uh, being surrounded by the other planets to sort of see and affirm Pluto's validity, if you will. Sure. Um, we tried out a number of different voices on all of the planets. We had quite a delightful time with uh, where your text interacts with Lori's busy, energetic art. Um, and these are the questions that we came up with. Ready to start? Oh, I, should bring... I wrote down their questions last week and they can't read them from that far away. Oh, why don't we start here? Go ahead. Why write a book about planets? Well, I I love this subject. You know, I've always loved space and I love um, the planets. I love learning about the solar system. My wife is actually an astrophysicist, which is not why I married her, but it's not not why I married her either. So I have always just had a really healthy love of science and astronomy. Um, the truth about this particular book, though, is that the the publisher actually came to me and asked me if I would like to write a book about the solar system. And so it was kind of like, I'm, I'm probably giving you the idea that this is how my books start, that somebody just comes to me and asks me to do something. And that is almost never how my books happen, but that's how it happened on the Vader book. And that's how it happened this time too, that they, they said, hey, Adam, do you have any ideas about maybe a funny book about the solar system. And again, I said, yes, I have lots of ideas and I didn't. And so I, I went off and tried to come up with some and, and then I came up with a couple of different ideas and this was my favorite. So, so I, we, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna no, say, go we ahead, know you Adam. had to do some research in this book. Uh, so we have a couple of research questions. Does Pluto actually have a heart? Yeah, Pluto has, a great big glacier on its surface that most people look at and think it's shaped like a heart. Um, and I don't know how long it's been there. Uh, you know, planets are always changing, but we didn't know it was there until kind of recently. When I was your age, um, we didn't have good pictures of Pluto. Um, I don't remember when we started to get our first pictures of it, but they were very fuzzy at first. And so it's actually been pretty recently that we've gotten such good pictures of Pluto that everybody was sort of surprised to find this cute little icy heart on Pluto's surface. It caused us to ask a number of different research questions. We were looking up 
whether or not Saturn had four rings and learned that Saturn has, I think, identified seven rings, but scientists are sort of discovering more as they get better and better cameras. Yeah, it's really interesting how much and how quickly everything is is changing. Like, yeah, right. I could tell you, you know, you can look in the back of Pluto and see how many moons Saturn has, but there's a pretty good chance that that number is already wrong. You yeah. know, they've been discovering new moons on Saturn, around Saturn and around Jupiter, um, and and just discovering more and more on on just a yearly basis, if not a monthly basis. So. There's still a lot we don't know. It's it's funny we can come up with these telescopes that can look um, millions and even billions of light years away to to look at stars, but we actually don't really know what's in our own backyard all that well. That's wild. We were talking about how we know more about outer space than we do the depths of the ocean. Yeah, that's true. We um. Also, I, I really appreciate it. I was talking to the students about how you acknowledge in your book this notion of Pluto is a planet. Now it's not. Now it is. Now it's not. And how that is something that scientists continue to debate. To have that modern conversation brought into the story, I thought was was really wonderful. But this is what uh, the next student wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. How come you actually, like, you wrote the book, but you asked someone else to illustrate the book instead of how what you did with Are You Scared, Darth Vader?, and did both of the jobs. Right. So I, you know, in the first part of my career, for the first several years that I was making kids' books, I did two things. I either wrote the books and illustrated them, or somebody else wrote them and I decided to illustrate them. And it's been more recently that I've decided that it would, you know, it's just really fun to be able to work with illustrators I love. And so maybe I don't have to illustrate all of my stories myself. So if I write something and I just really feel in my heart that I have to make the pictures for this one myself, then I'll do it. But if I don't feel that way, then I I think about who else might be able to do it. And in and, and that way, I get to work with some of my illustration heroes now. Cool. We have one last sort of silly-ish research question, and I don't know if this was part your decision and part Lori's decision or what, so I'm just going to let the student ask. Yeah. How did you decide the genders of the planets? Oh, that's a really good question. I mean, like, it's it's just silly, right? Like, I, I could have made them all girls or all boys or all neither, or I could have done whatever I wanted, right? And... And so I'll say that a couple of them changed. Um, like in the first earliest drafts of the book, I think I had the sun as a he. Uh, and that didn't, I realized eventually uh, talking to my editor that that didn't feel right. You know, the sun is like the, the nurturing thing that gives life, that causes everything to be born on our planet, right? So maybe the, the sun should kind of be our mom. And so I decided to change the, the son to, to female. And I think I went back and forth on a couple of them, but, but really there was like, there's no sensible answer I can give you to your question. Some of it was just, uh, I'm going to make the next one a girl, or I'm going to make the next one a boy, or I don't know why, but Jupiter really feels like a guy to me. So it was, a lot of it was just, like silliness and gut feelings about it. 
Did, did it have oh. anything to do with the gods, the Roman gods? Oh, that's a really good question. And I don't think they line up at all, except I think of, uh, you know, Venus is really obviously named after a Roman goddess. So I think from the very start, I just made Venus female. Um, but I don't think they line up otherwise necessarily, do they? I think the other ones were just sort of coincidence. As we were looking, that was a... Say Mercury lined up. There were just a few that there were enough that lined up that it made it a hypothesis for us. Yeah, like Uranus is uh, is female in the book, and that's not the case of the mythological figures. So, um, I think if I had gone purely by the the mythological gods, then it, there probably just would have been too many boys. Yeah, so, right. Well, so I had to sort of break with that a little bit. Adam, thank you so much for your time with us today. This was great to chat. And uh, did you all enjoy your time with him? Yes. Nice. All right. Then I have one last question that we can all bring to our classmates uh, from you, Adam. And that is that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that we can bring to them from you? Yeah. You know, I was thinking, I guess this kind of dovetails with your question about gender and and uh, and just who we are. I, I feel like I need to read more books by people who aren't very much like me. So I should be reading more books um, by women. I should be reading more books that uh, are by people who um, who are not white or who are from a, a background, have a, have lived a life that is different than mine. So I thought maybe the kids that you talk to would like to take the same challenge that I'm giving myself, which is, you know, next time you pick up a book, just pick up a book that has a main character or, or who is written by someone who you don't think has shared the same kind of life that you've had and just, you know, learn about somebody else's life. This is Darsh Nakiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons, those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. 
Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Haley, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.